Come with us down the rabbit hole. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. As we explore the odd and esoteric. If my answers frighten you, then you should cease asking scary questions. This is the AU Radio Underground Files. Underground Files. traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Or at least that's what I wrote down when I was writing the intros the other night while eating those wonderful brownies that Corey made me. These are the Underground Files. You didn't eat too many of them, did you? I ate all of them. Oh you didn't God. share it. Terrible idea. Oh I love God. brownies. His personal idea of heaven is sitting on a beach next to Joe Bob Briggs watching Hula Girls dance to a live death metal show on the beach, and the best part, not a single redhead screaming about sword quests in sight. It's Corey at the controls. That's part of it, man. That's <laughs> part of it. All right, single people, she knows way more about human sacrifice than you, and she will kick you off her couch so her pets have a place to sit. Give it up for Bachelorette number one, Hannah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Way more than you know. We're trying to get you a date. Come on. (laughs) Last but not least, she's the leading Mary Kay saleswoman in the state. Her secret? She had a few mafia ties, hired some security for her Mary Kay parties. Who knew just a little old school extortion can convince a woman to buy 50 tubes of lipstick? It's Joy. And the blood of virgins. That's, that's that, the secret ingredient. Is that what I was doing wrong? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Are they the ones that give you the pink Cadillac? Yes. Cool. <laughs> My name's Katie from the podcast, and we're going to talk about a favorite of Hannah's and a new favorite of mine. Wendigo! We're going to be talking about Wendigos. Why don't you give Wendigo. us a... Wendigo. Wendigo. I've heard so many different... Pronunciations there, there's of like, this. There's like 17 different pronunciations. Well, even of from the word. even from the original Algonquin, there's yeah. Wendago, Wendago, like a yeah, there's a bunch yeah. Of there, there's like a laundry list of because so the the Algonquins were uh, uh, like an over like a nation. It's, yeah. it's like and they had yeah. yeah, and they had tons of different tribes under them. So every yeah. different one of those tribes had a different way of saying yeah. this creature. A lot of my research was done specifically with the Cree. Yeah. Uh, the Cree, I believe, were one of the first. Uh, it was the... Um, oh, gosh, and I'm going to s- totally slaughter people's tribe names. And oh, I, yeah. I apologize so much for that. But yeah, podcast-wide, we're going to butcher these, and we um, apologize. The, the Ojibwe okay. were, I believe, they... Ojibwa. Ojibwa. Thank you. I... I, don't, I I know European pronunciations yep. letters and <laughs> whatever whitey <laughs> I can't help that I am neon we're all very vanilla anyways you were saying um I believe that they later became known as the Cree I don't want to mm-hmm. offend anybody if that's wrong but I, I from like what I was reading I f- yeah. think that that's what happened under um, not to not to malign anybody or just like generalize but they're under the Algonquin yeah, umbrella. But yeah. they were the first. They were the original tribe that created mm-hmm. the mythos of the Wendigo. Wendigo. We'll go with Wendigo. Wendigo is what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, they were the ones that that came up with it. It was in their mythos first, and then they shared it with the other people in their nation. Mm-hmm. And then everybody started kind of creating their own. Because right, it's one of the coolest boogeymen ever. It's oh my god, terrifying. it's the scariest boogeyman. So why don't you give ever. us a little bit of a brief description of what <laughs> oh. it is? Uh, so I'm just going to read you the description from the folklore. Okay. The Wendigo is 
the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin. Its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from soup... Oh, man. Now I can't say that word. Weeping wounds. Weeping wounds of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. So that's that's one of three descriptions I saw. So the one that I saw, the one that, uh, which is the more modern take on it that you see in a lot of, like, uh, you actually see it in a, a bunch of RPG games, is a massive, massive, massive creature that has kind of a deer has so, kind of a stag head so but the, the stag um, head and the antlers was actually an adaptation from when wendigo culture met european culture yes. yeah yeah so it's um so complete with antlers fur all on its neck and everything but the um it has um the it's there's no eyes or flesh on its uh, its face itself. It's like that is rotted away and the only thing that's left is massive teeth and its skull and this like huge tenderly tongue which is my favorite image of it yeah. because that's terrifying. So the third mm-hmm. option that I found while researching was it was actually a more of a ice beast. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, but it- the thing that they all had in common was the insatiable hunger. Yes. Yeah. Which the the ice beast is like the Wendigo was always considered kind of an omen of winter yeah. and mm-hmm. like of death and that kind of thing. Starvation, and, famine. And yeah. the the gaunt just like zombie looking Wendigo was the original um Ojibwe Ajib- like description of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then which other is, tribes took it and changed it as they went. That original version is what influenced George R. R. Martin's White, White Walkers. Walkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were they were traditional Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Which like I love I love kind of the pop culture Wendigo with the oh, yeah. skull and the antlers. Well that's the thing is it's um <laughs> so the origins of that is in uh under the Algon- Algonquin umbrella the stag is like this such sacred symbol be symbol because it's a symbol of like feast and fertility and um, just like a reverence there and if it's rotted away there's that corruption and greed yeah that is what it symbolizes the imagery in this is like everything means something oh, when it yeah. comes to uh, the I loved the Wendigo. the whole like so I like I said I love the pop culture Wendigo I like the the current like everybody just thinks of it as this kind of like deer skull blah 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 mm-hmm. but I love the original like nitty gritty this thing is terrifying it's very like, for us like I its love it. lips are completely missing because it's so voracious that it just chews off its own lips and sometimes they even have it like Ew. chewing off its fingers so yeah. that it just has like skeleton yeah. nubs as fingers because well, it's and just and, so and they're longer too the, yeah. the fingers yeah. are considerably longer and talented yeah this and then is depending on which uh, which version of the mythos you, you read it also has this ability to, like, when it eats something, it grows. Yeah. In, it grows in proportion to whatever it ate. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. the ice beast, it would, um, so say it ate somebody that uh, weighed 
was six feet tall and 200 pounds. It immediately would gain 200 pounds and grow six feet tall. Yeah, so that it always looked emaciated and gross and just yep. continued to be starving. That's kind of that conspicuous consumption, whereas, like, no matter how much you eat, you can't, you can never so, fill. Right. Just out of curiosity in your guys' research, did the folklore, the tales of this, start before or after? contact with Europeans. It, before. it was before. Okay. But, yeah. but before... Because to me, it just sounds like an allegory for the horrible white man. Well, before <laughs> it was a... One of those, like... let Like, oh gosh, parables kind of thing. Like, it was a warning against greed, and it was a warning against eating human flesh. So, uh, many... Yeah, yeah. Many Native American tribes hold the... Uh, but it's, you know... A lot of tribes had to deal, especially in Canada, where a lot of these tribes resided, um, the winters are mm -hmm. a very real, very deadly problem. And a lot of tribes heard stories about people resorting to cannibalism, and they it's, it's a personification of warning against that and holding yourself to a certain standard and not corrupting yourself by consuming human flesh. Something that I want to talk about is... Throughout every single mythos ever in uh, all over the world, human flesh is delicious and it's worth it to like some people are like, oh, human flesh is amazing. I don't care if I turn into this horrible, horrible thing. Why? Why does everybody <laughs> why is, like once you get one taste for human flesh? Oh, my God, I can't stop. I'm a long pig. No, it's it's the Wendigo psychosis. Didn't you don't. You so know. we will get into that a little bit. Don't you know? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So how do you make one? How do you how does one become a Wendigo? Oh, well, will you eat someone <laughs> and or meet a Wendigo in the woods and become possessed by yes. one? So, uh, as we were saying, one of the most common origin stories are that Wendigos used to be human but consumed human flesh and couldn't stop and eventually mutated and turned into this hor horrible monster. You commit this terrible, horrifying act and it changes you, which is very prevalent in a lot of different things. It's uh, not just cannibalism, though. Any form of terrible act through greed could take you one step closer to changing the path to the dark side yes come to the dark side we have antlers one of my favorite um i don't Calm think <laughs> i don't think it's a direct translation but uh one of my favorite ones was uh uh what a lot of people call them is spirits of the lonely places because yeah. you are of two worlds when you do that it you are once you become a wendigo you are seen as a terrible disgusting being um, but you're not quite of the spirit world any you're because you're partially human and you're not um, and you're not human anymore certainly but you are in the lonely place yeah you can't you can't you don't belong anywhere which, which I think harkens back to it being kind of one of those cultural lessons against a taboo being like if you do this, you are on your own. If you do this, because no, you keep eating everybody. Yeah. No, no matter the no matter the reasons behind it, you yeah. can't just you can't just eat people, Katie. I, you know what? <laughs> I I bring mystery meat to the barbecue one time. It was everybody, a good barbecue, though. Everybody got bomb. Prion's disease and died. <laughs> right. 
So um, we talked about uh, Wendigo fever, Wendigo psychosis a little yeah. bit. Apparently, one thing that I think is really dope about Wendigos is they're a sen- they've got superpowers. Uh, apparently, Wendigos first feast on your sanity. They frighten you by creeping in the woods, giving you horrible nightmares, and cause a burning sensation to riddle your entire body. So there are lots and lots of um, reports of people getting Wendigo fever, stripping off all of their clothes, and running off into the woods, which sheds new light on my favorite conspiracy on the entire planet, and I'm not going to do a breakneck transition and turn this entire episode into about this. It will be dedicated to its own episode. My favorite conspiracy theory is about Dyatlov Pass. Nice. How many of you have heard of Dyatlov Pass? Have not. Dyatlov Pass, I will give you the super, super abridged version. A bunch of... um, uh, It was in Russia, they're... There was a bunch Ooh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, mountain yeah. climbers that went up. Is it the Bone Road? No. <laughs> so there's like a weird magnetic like field where it is, where compasses don't work, nothing works. They were all found. Some of them were bludgeoned to the point where autopsy reports were like, there's nothing that could have caused this much damage. It looks like they got hit by a van. And a couple of them were, irradiate, were covered in radiation. Some of them... And they were all, uh, some of them were buried. There were, like, extra bodies. So, maybe this was a Wendigo feast. A Russian Wendigo. Very po- very possible. I mean, they're, they're traditionally a Native American legend, but uh, if we're going on the fact that they're cryptid and they live in cold weather climates, yeah. then... Well, and, and they don't just live in cold weather climates. The Pacific Northwest actually has their own version of the Wendigo. Yes, of course um, it does. Which is the well, you knew we had to. I mean, <laughs> which is the uh, the Wei Chuge, um, which yeah. is a man-eating spirit, um, and it it's very specifically um, just Pacific Northwest. Yeah. It's and not like you find it Plains Indian wise. It's it's so you have the two opposite the, ends. The, of the, the difference the US. between the two, though, was like the Wendigo was seen more animalistic and just insane, whereas uh, the uh, the Wichuge Wichuge I can't say words. Um, was, this is a good thing you podcast. I know, right? <laughs> it's a good thing that I work in audio media. <laughs> uh, it, it was like enlightened by ancestral insights. Right, that, that yeah. made it like, but it's still a form of madness. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's more of a half human, half animal, and they they believe that they were uh, possessed by the spirits of um, the 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 super large animals, basically the the prehistoric dire animals. Oh yeah. Um, and that that's how you got. But it was still through the same thing, through greed, through avarice, through cannibalism, yeah. that you got possessed by these spirits. I, I would like to posit that like Wendigo fever. Um, because it, it is, it's a madness that... that Can I just blame people. that on every time I want to run through the woods naked? Yeah. Okay. Do okay. it. <laughs> well, okay, so if you look at the symptoms in humans of rabies and prion disease... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's very likely that the, the whole don't eat other humans because you'll become a can't... Like, you'll become a Wendigo came from somebody eating a person getting prions disease and going absolutely insane. There's well and, and also we we got to posit the 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 fact that nobody becomes a cannibal and then goes back. No. Uh, <sighs> uh, mm, there was the one guy who opened a restaurant after he was part of the Donner party. 
I was going to say, didn't some of the Donner Party like transition? Well, yeah, yeah but did you eat the chili? Theoretically <laughs> transition <laughs> back to society. Shut your mouth. Okay, I've, so, seen, <laughs> I've seen Sweeney Todd. Okay, we okay. all know how so it there's right. a <laughs> We all know how this ends. What, that was one of my favorite parts of uh, reading about the Donner Party was there's really one of two ways that you can go about after eating people in that scenario, you can either just like claim it's a ter- just be like that's a terrible secret, like mon- much of the women that survived the Donner Party being like that was a horrible thing. I never want to think about it ever again. I like it haunts my dreams to my dying day. Or you just kind of embrace it and open a restaurant and be like, it's mystery meat. Because try the chili. Try the chili. <laughs> but he fully was like, no, he people would come from miles around to eat at this guy's restaurant. And he they would ask, like, what is human flesh like? And he goes, it was delicious. I loved it. Yeah. Like, you either own it or you're ashamed of it. There's no, like, I mean, middle ground. Fr- from all accounts, it tastes like pork. Which I always figured it would taste more like bear because where we tend to eat slightly more like bear than we yeah. do. Yeah. And bear's not the greatest thing in the world, personally. But pig is. But pig is. But pig is. But pig is. So did you guys come across the story of Onway the Killer? Yes. Yes, but tell us, Corey. <laughs> so when I was doing research, one of my favorite tales I came across was the tale of Onway, which was uh, passed down from, here we're going to screw it up again, a Mushkego tribe. Oh. Okay, I don't know that I'm pronouncing that even remotely close to right because I only read it. <laughs> so I, I spent Chameleon. Uh, <laughs> I spent a good like half an hour to an hour when I was researching this, just trying to find pronunciations. I wasn't about to do that. <laughs> I did, but I couldn't find anyone that agreed yeah, with each other, okay. and I was just like, yeah. "Okay, I'm just going to butcher all these words," and I'm so <laughs> sorry. So, Onway the Killer uh, was. It kind of showed up at a time in the winter where uh, stories of cannibalism were starting to circulate Mm -hmm. as game was getting more and more scarce. And he was kind of just showed up and was like this folk hero who was like, don't worry, I'll get to the bottom of this. And he off he goes into the woods, right? And he starts to just kind of keep an eye on the tribes. Mm-hmm. And if you've heard different versions, let me know. Chime in. Yeah. But so he's keeping an eye on it and he finds a family that is very readily the cannibals. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a big family in the one that I heard. Like yeah. It's like seven, seven sons. Seven yeah, sons and, and all the sons' wives. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, so he goes down... And meets with the the head of this family, kind of the older guy, and who is possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. And but he placates to him like he's starving and been in the woods for a long time, and you know on his last legs. And mm-hmm. so the guy's like, "All right, here we go, easy pickings, right?" Right. <laughs> and so he. Onway says, well, there's this, like, beaver dam up on the lake, and would you help me get in there? Yeah. And we'll we'll get the beavers out. We'll feast, but I can't do it on my own. I don't have the strength. And so the guy goes, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, meet me at the lake tomorrow. And the dude goes back to his family, and he's like, hey, I met this guy. Let's kill him and eat him. Mm -hmm. And the sons were like, Nah, Dad, that's Onway the Killer. 
And he's like, no, 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 this guy's really nice. Couldn't be <laughs> and, him. And really weak and really Yeah, really skinny. weak yeah. and really skinny. He's like, it couldn't be him. And he's like, it'll be easy pickings, and so we'll all go out there. And they go out to the beaver dam, and they don't see him. And they... <laughs> Then he kind of pops up, and the dad starts to kind of cross the ice, and the sons are like, well, let's, like, spread out so we can ambush this guy. And he starts to walk towards them, and he's like, hey, I left these sticks out along the thing. I need you guys to go get them because it'll help us with this trap that I want to build. Yeah. And so the dad sends the sons off to get the sticks, And then the dad comes up, and they start chipping away at the ice so they can get some water. And Onway bends down and takes a drink out of the water once they've chipped a hole. And the dad's like, ah, I'm going to get him. (laughs) Like, while he's bent down looking in the water. Yeah. And he has this weird change of heart. Like, he just decides not to do it. He's going to wait till his kids get back. Yeah. And so Onway stands up, and he's like, you should drink, too. And the old man's like, okay. And he bends down to take a drink. And Onway's like, whack! And he just <laughs> stabs him in the back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, the spirit of the Wendigo comes out of this guy. Yeah. And screams off into the woods and alerts all the sons to what's happened. Yeah. Onway dumps the body of the dad into the hole in the ice. Yeah. And waits. Because he put the sticks at different pacings all across that he'd sent those guys to get. Oh. So they were coming back one at a time. And he lays waste to the first three. Like, no problem. Oh, God. What? They were in the beginning transformations. Yeah. And not full Wendigo yet. They were just cannibal dudes. Yeah. Then two more brothers come, and they're full-on Wendigo out. You know, yeah. full Whatever. Gurface, if we want to use the Buffy term. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Lays waste to those two dudes. Well, after some time goes by, uh, one of them, he's like, uh, the last one, he's like, I'm going to let you go. And Oh, see, see in the the legend that I read, um, the the youngest son begs for mercy, and then uh, Anway says, uh, how much mercy did you show... The families. Uh, the families that you ate. And he's, and that's when he answered, had to answer none. And then at that point, he kills him. But See, yeah. the one I read, it had that, but it said he went to let him go and then killed him. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, right? Dope. So then the wives show up. <gasps> Who are badass in yeah, this story. They, like, they are do better than the son. Take, take cool. it from here. <laughs> take it from so, here. So it's the, it's the, the mother of the group. Uh, is the first one to show up, and she in in the version that I read is actually stronger than the old man. Yep. Um, and she and she's carrying this giant bone mallet bo- that she uses to <gasps> tenderize the human meat with, and she chucks it at him. And she's actually the only one in the story if uh, that I read that it actually manages to wound him. Yep. Um, yep. And 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 it, and it says that if if he had not been so so fast and such a great hunter, it actually would have killed him. Yeah, but instead it it cut his face. Yeah. Like, he got out of the way just in time, but it cuts his face. Yeah, and in some versions of the story that I read, that scar stays behind as a reminder. Yep. Um, And then in others, they just don't mention it again. Uh, So... um, he did, but then he does. He does manage to kill her, and then, uh, which is somewhat of an epic battle in the version that I read, mm-hmm. where they're out, she's uprooting trees and throwing rocks, 
and uh, he eventually kills her, I think, with one of those rocks. Yep, because she's in full Wendigo beast mode, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want there to be just like a a short network series of this This sounds story. like Hillbilly, like the comic series. Yeah. This is exactly yeah. what this sounds like, and I'm so here for it. It's it's amazing. So if, so uh, we talked a little bit about uh, like the strength that Wendigos have, but these guys have straight like superpowers. Like these things are terrifying. They have super strength and speed, razor sharp claws and teeth. Older Wendigos can control animals, and some can even control the weather. Like uh, they can immediately just enclose um, trees around. Ga- they can around call clearings. darkness. Yeah, yes. call darkness so that you storms. can't see where you are, but they can see you. Like immediately, it just goes dark. That's terrifying. We talked a little bit about Wendigo possession. Do you guys want to hear some documented cases on the subject? Yes. Absolutely. So, how many of you have heard the uh, story of a uh, Swift Runner? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So during the horrible winter of uh, 1878 to 1879, a Cree tribe member, Swift Runner, took his wife, six children, mother-in-law, and brother, and marched them out into the woods one day. Several months later, Swift Runner staggers out of the forest when everybody asks him a bunch of questions. And was like, woo, what a party. (laughs) He just said, my whole family is dead. Like, fully just, I don't know what happened. So, next couple weeks go by. Everybody's, like, trying to figure out what happened. He's just, like, kind of being like, I don't know, they're dead. (laughs) Whatever. But he, uh, he's, every night when he goes to sleep, he's screaming bloody murder like horrible horrible like night terrors like like scratching himself bloody nightmares and they're like okay so something's up like what happened and he they're like okay so basically they're like we know something's up we know you're not telling us something what happened and for so a couple different stories uh they're like you're gonna take us out to where you guys were and a couple different stories. One of them, he just takes them right to them. And the other one, he um, only agrees to do it. He only takes them to the right spot when he's drunk. So whenever, <laughs> so uh, he was sober when they started walking. And as they were walking, they and he was like, I'm going to trick these guys. And be like, I don't know where my dead family is. Spoilers, they're dead. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I don't know where everybody is. And then they get him drunk. And he's like, ah, yeah, it's right here. It's fine. So they take him. Uh, so they uh, go there. And there are uh, entire just mounds of bones everywhere that have been snapped and hollowed out. So he was snapping the bones and sucking out the marrow. And they're like, well, this could have been an animal. <laughs> There's a human skull right there. But it was the uh, definitive. The definitive uh, mark was that there was a giant puddle of human fat just sitting there and they were like okay yeah so they arrested him and they uh and his first and he said it was i was possessed by the wendigo well and the the other uh deciding factor of that was that they were only where where they were staying in the woods was only 25 miles away from emergency food supplies Mm -hmm. at the hudson bay company post yep so they determined that the cannibalism wasn't driven by necessity. Yes. They were like, no, you, you had no reason to kill and eat well, your entire was... family. You could have walked 25 yeah. miles to get food. So the nail in the coffin for um, them being like, no, we know something's up with you is when he tried taking another family into the woods with him and they stopped him and were like, no, no, no. <laughs> Last time this happened. No, but he was, uh, he, he was, uh, 
he was like, I was possessed by the Wendigo. I don't remember a lot of this. I woke up and I, I'm plagued by it now. But he, they did not, they, they weren't, uh, they did not cotton to that uh, testimony, and so he went to jail. The other one, how many of you have heard of Jack Fiddler? Ooh, yeah. he's awesome. Jack Fiddler <laughs> is an unsung hero. He is, uh, he's actually pretty. He's kind of the real life version of. Uh, Oh my god, the name of the hillbilly uh, killer guy that you guys were just saying. Anway. Anway the killer. That's my first time ever hearing about him. Uh, Jack Fiddler um, was the um, was his colonized name. Uh, the direct translation of his uh, name that he was given when he was born was he who stands in the southern sky was a well-respected chief and shaman of his tribe. He claimed to have slain 14 Wendigos. That is impressive. He and many of his tribe uh, claimed that they would kill the sick and dying before they became Wendigos. So they would find before people. The fi- final transformation. Yes, yeah. they found people that were in the throes of like turning, and they were like, okay. And uh, family members of the people that were affected were like, he's a Wendigo. He's gonna eat us. You have please help me like put him down, essentially. And that's what he did. But he also like went out into the woods and killed Wendigos. So. Um, in a nationwide attempt to control and colonize Native Americans, Canadian Mounted Police arrested Jack Fiddler for murder. Yep. Stinking Mounties. Yep. They, uh, you know, it was a lot of, like, uh, land wars and everything, and they were trying to get um, uh, he who stands at the southern sky to leave, essentially. And there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories about that and everything, so then uh, the Mounted Police started hearing rumors, oh, well, he kills a bunch of people, da-da-da, and they're like, sick! Let's get him for murder. He, uh, him and his brother were both tried for this. Um, he actually, um, he who stands in the southern sky actually kill, uh, took his own life three days before he was pardoned. His brother, however, was not so lucky. I thought I thought his brother was pardoned. And then his died brother three was days yeah. Later. His brother yeah. was pardoned, but he died before he received was released because yeah. he killed himself. But his brother was pardoned. Yeah, yeah. Jack Fiddler, or he who stands in the southern sky, was the one who killed himself yes. before yeah. he was pardoned. Yeah, yes, and, the and other jo- one. Joseph was pardoned, but before they could release him, he died three days later. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Jo- Joe Fiddler. <coughs> Joe yes. Fiddler. Uh. Yeah, Jack and Joe Fiddler. That was the names that they were given. So going back to the Onway story, yeah. the, the the end of that story is uh, just as fascinating to me as the rest of it. Yeah. Because what they did was they created a bonfire yeah. to burn the bodies. And when they pitched the bodies of... So that the part that I glazed over real quick is Onway freed the women who were captives yeah captives. yeah yes yes yeah. many of them were captives and and uh they stood aside he didn't kill them and then yeah. he killed all the other wives mm-hmm. and so he takes all the bodies they all take all the bodies and they throw them into the fire yeah and they burn except for their hearts yep which are ice <sighs> yep. their art their hearts are so cold and ice that they won't burn they continue to beat Yep. After the fire is going, and and so he and the women stoked the flames more by making by bringing more and more and more wood, yeah. and making it hotter and hotter and hotter until they finally burn up. 
Jeez. Which took almost a month. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. So what happens if you would just let them sit there? They would come back. They would yeah, come back. They, they would regenerate. grow back? Like yes. trolls, they can regenerate. Yes. Ew! Destroy the heart, Katie. You gotta destroy yeah. the heart. <laughs> One of the other... Um, um, not not specifically the Anway myth, but another another um, I think it's another Cree story is that um, for the Wendigo that get bigger and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. when they're killed, you have to, again you have to burn them. Um, but what you'll find inside is whatever the original person was, and then you have to destroy that. And inside that is a heart of ice. As oh, well. it's like cat people. There's like, just like yeah. a deflated version of, of them. them. Yeah. Ugh. That's great. yeah. This story's got layers, man. It's great, but that's the thing. That's so again, I had I had done next to no research on Wendigos ever before this, and I was like, okay, so it's kind of so it's like a it's like a version of a skinwalker. No, no. it's so peppered <laughs> in lore. There's it. There's so many like different aspects of it that are s- in such symbolism, like the hearts of ice. You yeah. have to. It's that like lack of compassion and apathy it, yeah. that it takes to kill well, and eat another uh, person. And, and it's so richly steeped in metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole legend, and and it can, it, it's evolved over time. Like it used to just be a metaphor for how to live your life, and then it evolved to be a metaphor for greed, and then it evolved to be a metaphor for the colonizers, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's one of those mythos that's constantly, constantly changing, but also staying very the same. Did any of you guys happen to watch any videos of modern day Wendigo sightings? Yes. No. I, mm, it's a guy in a gray Zentai suit. Oh, that's not what I saw. Okay, that's see, the ones that I saw, I saw it was literally just a guy crawling around on his hands and knees in really blurry, horrible quality video, like, literally, like, crouching so behind a traffic that, cone. So, so it was, like, someone <laughs> trying to be gone. There's that one yes. trail cam footage yeah. from, yeah. like, way back when, like, it was, like, several, several years ago, and, uh, it is the most terrifying thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. And it, it's just this humanoid thing, like kind of crouched down on all fours, but its arms and legs are longer than they should be. And its face just looks really sunken and corpsey. And it's just staring directly at the trail cam. Yeah. Ew. And it's this, like, it might be a hoax. But it's literally just the most disturbing and off-putting thing that I've ever seen. It's a really good It gives you chills. And to me, that is what a Wendigo is. Yeah. Like, more than anything else, like, that's just the terror that a Wendigo is. The one that got me was there was footage of a guy, and it was like a night vision camera, Mm -hmm. uh, walking through this, like, he heard something out in his field, and he was walking out towards his field, and there... It's kind of obscured for a second, but you can totally see this hunched golem-style back. And But it comes up and looks. And when its eyes hit the camera, like, I, you know, I've seen a lot of faked footage. Yeah. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> really? I was like, that's what that is. The eye shine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets, and it's perfect. And yeah. that's the same with that trail camera. Yes. It's a still it's photo, but the way the eye shine is, that is hard to fake. Yeah. And, eye shine yeah. is hard to do in photo manipulation. And it, it was like, no, no, no. Those are real eyes that are looking at the camera right now. Yeah. That's not a fake. Holy Ew. crap. Yeah. It's scary. And this, 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 that actually, this video that I saw, 
definitely hearkened back to that trail cam can, footage. Can we like put that video on the page? I'll see if I can find it. I again. would love yeah. to okay. see that. I'll see if yeah. I can find the trail cam footage because so that's scary. So my question is is a lot of the I mean obviously I watched a lot of like very obviously fake ones, but my whole thing is so the entire point of a Wendigo is that they their that's their signature is they find people and eat them. Yes. So but most of the like found footage of Wendigos are people that survive. And these things have like superpowers. But so, so like their superpowers really vary though, depending on the legends that yeah, you're, yeah. That it, you're it, reading. A lot of it has to do with age and yeah, yeah. the older they are, the, the more the powerful they are. So have. you could have a whole bunch of youngling ones running around. So that's that's my other question is I mean, depending on the mythos. So because I'm coming at this from a cryptid point of view, yeah, whether yeah, yeah. it's like the skinwalker or a chupacaber or anything. So it's like I hate that that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so my wait till you see my bookmark. I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, so I'm coming at this from a situation of okay. So this is the rules of it. This is the mythos of yeah. it. Obviously, we're not seeing the old ones because the old ones are bigger. And I'm, I mean, I guess I'd have to find out like the hierarchy of them because I would think they operate in groups. Well, and I, they also I would they hibernate. So yeah, uh, yeah. They, they have long periods of of sleep broken by periods of wakefulness and, and I, the I older would, they get supposedly the longer those those periods of sleep mm-hmm. get like they'll sleep through yes. several winters okay and they're not active except supposedly during during the winter for the most part so it's, it's like reverse hibernation yeah. so pennywise is just a is just uh, a, pennywise is a cicada yeah he is. <laughs> I, I hate I those things yeah I don't know. Like, I, I think that there's probably some <coughs> of, like, the younger ones and stuff that might travel in groups. But yeah. I feel like if you're that voraciously hungry all the time, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily want to share your food. And it wouldn't surprise me if they eat each oh, other Oh, you as know, well. like, I will tell you, the, uh, <laughs> these, uh, them, their uh, Wendigos, they, they, uh, they are hungry fellers. They will come on up. Uh, I seen one out by the ice shack at us one time. <laughs> and that guy, I tell you what, he smelled so bad. Oh, no. It was, uh, <laughs> it was honestly like uh, if I kept a can of old beans in my sock. Oh. That, uh, that's what he smelled like. And he ate all of my crisps. <gasps> I had two bags. <laughs> Supposed to last me the whole fishing trip. Nope, he ate them all. That son of a bitch. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Canada. So- <laughs> I just want a whole series of Canada cryptids. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's my whole thing is it's uh, with Corey, dang it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Like, I just have to tell you the stories. I don't even... Uh, I just... I'm just imagining this like one little Canadian man who like sits in his <laughs> ice shack and he's just seen every cryptid come by. But he's like super chill. But about he's just it. super he's just like, oh yeah, that's a trooper caber, all right. And then just like goes on with his day. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. So eventually I'll name him. He's like Great Lakes Dave or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah. So that's my thing with um Wendigos is it's this weird combination between like between a modern cryptid and a mythological creature. Yeah. Like, it's it's very, like... I mean, centaur is a weird way to put it, but it's like yeah. an old god, almost. Well, and, and the thing is, is... The Wendigo were absolutely a mythological being. And it really didn't move into the sphere of cryptids 
until white people got a hold of it. Okay. Like, like it really was the European settlers and stuff that came in and heard these stories and went, I think it was like 1910. 1910, right. He wrote a book. Yeah, and it was uh, yeah. Algernon Blackwood, and yeah. it was called the Wendigo, and it was written. What was his name? Algernon Blackwood, Blackwood. and it was written. He's a the vampire. Year, the year after um, Jack and Joseph Fiddler's trial, because that was in 1909. Yeah, and he was. That's my new pin name. He like, was the one. Straight up, I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy that kind of launched it into the public sphere. He was also the one that kind of like started the whole like it has antlers thing yeah actually in the wendigo he doesn't it, oh, okay. he sticks very very close to the original um and uh it it's a lot of it was somebody that adapted his it, it was somebody that adapted okay. his yeah um and I briefly read because one this. of his contemporaries was um uh oh shoot and now i can't remember his name anyway he had a contemporary who also sort of wrote some more in the same vein okay okay yeah. okay so so like Becoming a cryptid for the Wendigo was really where Native American culture and European culture collided mm-hmm. uh, during colonization. And because, you know, white people like their uh, like their spooks. We, we, we really, really, really like our spooks. So, well, here's the thing. Uh, this is Algernon Blackwood. Is he one of those, like... I love his douchey dudes that like wears a bunch of like turquoise and silver jewelry and like and like just totally adopted he's like totally copped the native american with that name he's absolutely like a gothic wannabe well okay just yeah just like long like i I would note that that hp lovecraft actually read the wendigo and liked it so oh nice well but he was crazy. Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> do you guys, that. Do you guys know what H.P. Lovecraft was? It's <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> 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 the Reptilian Report, everybody. Oh that segment of the show that where I out a lizard person and tell you why they're a lizard person. As uh, as you guys know, we, uh, we have a bit of a habit to make... Uh, musicians lizard people or claim that they are lizard people because they are you You, know what else have a habit i have a habit of that (laughs) but you know what other industry is riddled with lizard people hollywood porn (laughs) also yes specifically for this episode stand-up comedians today we're going to be talking about the not so great and not so late carlos mencia Ah! We can just move on. I think we all agree. <laughs> and soul. <laughs> Carlos Mencia is a Honduran native stand-up comic, best known for his stand-up, uh, many stand-up comedy specials on Comedy Central and his uh, sketch comedy show, Mind of Mencia. Best known for stealing other people's jokes. I will get to that momentarily. I have a theory about that. Uh, early in his career, he was doing well enough work to work with people like Bernie Mac, Samuel Jackson, and Jim Carrey. All lizard people. Here's the thing. Jim Carrey is not a lizard Jim person. Jim Carrey is absolutely is a lizard not, person. Fight you. He is not a He's lizard person. He's totally a lizard person. I will person. fight you. You no. were wrong. So here's the thing. I have a, I have seen, weirdly enough, I had a lot of extra time on my hands when I was in middle and high school. I have seen every single Mind of Mencia episode. Don't ask me why. He's not funny. 
Not even remotely, not even subjectively. He's not funny. At least other post-Chappelle show sketch shows on Comedy Central, because after Chappelle show, that Comedy Central was just riddled with those types of shows, just giving... Trying to get that just back. Yes, but, you know, Dave Chappelle, you, you can't do it because you can't get away with the thing. Anyway. Lightning in a bottle. Also, Dave Chappelle's funny. Uh, so other, uh, at least other post uh, Chappelle sketch shows on Comedy Central have at least some semblance of humor. There's at least a punchline there. Mind of Mencia is absolutely missing this. So how the hell did he get at one time the most popular show on Comedy Central apart from South Park? Lizard people connections. Um, okay. I, I'm totally sold on this. Like you don't, you don't have to try so hard <laughs> to sell me on this. I'm, I'm behind. So that. how do you explain the joke stealing? Other than just he's a garbage La- person. Lack of talent? La- yes. Lack of talent. He needs so, to appear funny. Exactly. So, much like musicians, comedians are predominantly lizard people, and they are told exactly what to say from the higher-ups. I think that someone in Lizard Person Corporate either A, accidentally gave two comedians in the same material. He was like, oh, well, we'll just take it from old George Carlin stuff. We'll take it from uh, this comedian. Or B, there was some inter-lizard drama, and corporate decided they didn't need Mencia anymore and took him out oh. the best way they can with comedians, make them look like they steal jokes. Can I just you know what's sad is he stole jokes from other joke stealers. Yep. Yeah. Right. He stole jokes from Dane Cook. Yes. Like who stole jokes from Louis C.K. Yes. <laughs> and and can I can I just say that it, it, it's it's okay to find a joke funny and make your own version of that joke, but it's not okay to just blatantly steal word for word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, somebody else's material. Somebody right. put no. Higher up lizard person put out a comedic hit on Carlos Mencia. I believe that. And that's why he's playing at Jokers now. <laughs> they, they were probably, like, they finally just realized, they're like, this guy's not funny, and we can't keep him. No, they had some sort of agenda, which made him a popular uh, staple on Comedy Central. And, they, and for whatever reason, they were like, we don't need him anymore. We don't want him here anymore. Let's take him out. Let's call him a joke stealer. And his career was over. The now only, he's running some restaurant or something. The only piece that I ever liked from him was his uh, diatribe on white people getting tribal tattoos. Oh, yeah. That's just a good point. It's not funny. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but, but like, forever in my head, I just have, what tribe are you from, Chad? Constantly. <laughs> Constantly in my head. It's just there all the See, time. See, it's funny when you say it. <laughs> because I'm hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, general consensus? General consensus. General consensus. Yeah, yeah we're, we're on board with this. All right, all Men- right. Mencia mm-hmm. is a lizard person with hot sauce. Mencia is absolutely a lizard person. <laughs> Jim Carrey is not. Jim Carrey is not a lizard person. Next week on the Underground Files. <laughs> we fight Katie. <laughs> In the battle dome. You, uh, you guys got some news for me? Or is Volcanic that? eruption. Spotted from space. Yeah. Where was this volcanic eruption? Uh, directly below the International Space Station. Oops. Oh. <laughs> Wh- which is currently directly I'm, over. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Have your facts ready, Corey. <laughs> I will fix it. We'll post. figure it. <laughs> fix it in post. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. It was, on, it was on an island. It was an entire volcanic uninhabited island known as Rekuke. Ooh. It rumbled to life, and an enormous plume of ash and smoke blew into the sky, measuring 8 to 10 miles in diameter. I feel like this should have been something that 
was more widely known. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, how have I not heard this from any major news source? Because Mo- we're Mostly because there was a Democratic debate nobody watched. Oh, yeah, that happened, huh? Yep. Oh. So, <laughs> that happened. Um, what else did I have? Crop circle flap is starting to unfold in France. Crop? Remember we were talking about the crop circles in France a couple weeks ago? Yes. Crop circle flap. That's what I said. <laughs> That's my favorite thing you've ever just said. There are more? I don't like the word flap. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> In a rather surprising development, France has come to dominate this year's crop circles, with six formations having now appeared throughout the country in the past week. Okay, so are we on board that the aliens are here, or do we think that France just really wants some attention? There are there are entire governments, like multiple different countries. No, no, no. I get that. Yeah. I get that. But do you think maybe France is like, oh, I can't let India one-up me on this. I got to make it look like the Because you've never (laughs) screwed over India before, France. I'm just saying. I'm just picturing a bunch of drunk French people out in fields making crop circles. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It does sound like a fun Sunday. (laughs) With baguettes. On on the UFO tip, uh, something that's kind of historic and awesome, um, a historical marker was placed to commemorate the legendary Pascagoula UFO incident. Awesome! Uh, one of the one of the two men that were uh, highly involved with with the sighting. And it's one of the most credible UFO sightings in U.S. history. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, if you don't know anything about Pascagoula, definitely look it up. It's not just a lyric from a Ray Stevens song. Um, I'm glad I wasn't the only one just kind of humming that. In uh, my it was head in right all now. of us. It was oh. yeah. We're we're all white trash. Pascagoula. It's okay. Um, but one of the two men is still alive and was actually there for the commemoration. That's so cool. When it was put in, and that was really cool. A man was arrested for allegedly building a bomb. Allegedly. Out of. To warn cops about an impotent, impotent, imminent <laughs> alien invasion. So, <laughs> wait. In a bizarre story out of Pennsylvania, a man was arrested for allegedly building a bomb in order to get the attention of the police so that he could warn them about potential hostile reptilian aliens. <laughs> This man is fighting the good fight, sir. I mean, you desperate times call for desperate measures. They are here, man. David Oxenrider approached the manager of Bonnie House Hotel, where he was staying in Myersville, Pennsylvania, and informed him, I have constructed a bomb. (laughs) Understandably, the man was uh, a little uneasy about this declaration. The proprietor of the establishment asked him to put the bomb in the parking lot behind the hotel, and quickly phoned the cops. Authorities arrived on the scene shortly thereafter and defused the device, which they said would have been a genuine threat to public safety. Oh, wow. oh my God. He built a real bomb. What? So, so he didn't just like put some cherry bombs inside of a pipe. No, this like, was no, a legit... Which would have had the same effect. Yeah. Despite their assessment, Oxenrider insisted that his intention was never to cause any harm and offered a truly strange explanation for his actions. According to court documents, the man told police he had encountered a UFO ship and reptilian aliens five years previous and was told by the ETs that the humans need to start being good people or else they were going to destroy the Earth. 
You waited five years for this. He had to learn how to build a bomb, apparently. I can do it right now on the internet. It'll take me 20 minutes. They were going to destroy the Earth with a nuclear laser beam. <laughs> what? That's not how this works. Wait, what? That's what he said. In an effort to ensure that such a dire scenario did not unfold, he informed investigators that he was trying to share his message with the world, but no one seems to listen. The purported contactee went on to lament that he his attempt to alert the number of government agencies about Alien's ultimatum, but his efforts had been futile because people think he's crazy. What is Let this? that sink in. What is this gentleman's name? Uh, Daniel Oxenrider. Daniel. Or David Oxenrider, pardon me. David, if you ever, you, you can have a spot on Underground Files anytime you want, buddy. You he's, out there, he's out there fighting the good fight. You, you come and talk to me, sir. I, I'm pretty sure he's in jail fighting the good fight. Right. <laughs> a World War II bomb exploded in a field in the middle of the night in Germany. <laughs> I'm, that's not funny. <laughs> Apparently it was a dud dropped bomb yep. that had been tilled under and was in this farmland. And <laughs> no one knows what triggered it. Because it was about 20 feet underground by the time it went off. Giant earthworms. <gasps> Tremors. But it suddenly exploded, busting windows out of local houses. Could it have been the volcano? It could have been a windigo. Could have been. <gasps> it just blew up a windigo. <laughs> Check your field for ice hearts. Oh, God. <laughs> A uh, giant squid was filmed in uh, an underwater <gasps> camera off yes. the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, God, kill it, kill it, kill well, it. You leave oh. those delightful creatures alone. Those things are the elder beasts from Lovecraftian lore, and they need all to be all wiped out. All the more reason to leave them alone. Oh, God, kill them. Kill one them my, all. One of my favorite stories of the week, though, has to be a Montana sheriff issues a warning to keep people from going to find Forrest Finn's hidden treasure. <laughs> Apparently, there is rumor of a big treasure of gold doubloons up in the hills of Montana. Of course and these people is. running yeah. off to find the legendary Forrest Finn's treasure. No, no, this is a Scooby-Doo villain. Make Wait. sure you don't go up in the hills, kids. I heard tell there's a wind to go so, up there. So actually, I started, I started to do this story. I was like, who the hell is Forrest Finn? Because that's a good name, too. Right. That's a good yeah. name. It's not... Yeah. Aljuan Blackwood or whatever the hell his name was. Algernon. Algernon. Algernon Blackwood. Oh, some flowers for Algernon? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got this. <laughs> no. Now I'm thinking literature. Anyway. It's one of my favorite. So I went, looking, I went looking up this story. The, the Forrest Finn story is really dull. Yeah. Okay. But it's caught the imagination of treasure hunters who are just flocking up to this area in Montana and getting their asses killed <laughs> by we, Wendigo? By there, the sheriff. No, there there was a couple uh like there's a couple of local like gold legends uh kind of in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas where I grew up yeah. that are very similar to that where it's just like, oh, this guy stumbled upon an untapped yeah. vein of gold and it's just this entire lake bed filled with gold nuggets, but he could never find it again and can't remember where it is. And Every year, 
just like clockwork, some stupid treasure hunter will wander off into the hills in the Sierra Nevada and just never come back. Nope. <laughs> that's nope. That that is a hit job. That is some that is that sheriff walking out and being that's, like, return the slab. That's and then just they the hillbilly killed. version of I'm going to get cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just never heard from me. I'm going to go find that treasure. I'll be back on Tuesday. <laughs> well, speaking of idiots wandering off in the hills and getting killed, <gasps> I don't actually have anybody that wandered off in the hills and got killed. God, well, that would have been serendipitous. I know, right? That been I, I wish I did. Good job, Hannah. <laughs> Setting them up and knocking them down. Uh, so, in the year 573. Wow. In yeah. the year 2000. <laughs> I just liked this one. The king of Longobarden, Al- Alboin. I don't know what his name is. It's that. I called him Grandpa. <laughs> I know you did, Corey. Uh, I just like <coughs> his... his <laughs> the way that he died, the way that it was recorded, was probably poisoned by his wife. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> It's like Dr. Han. He probably shot her. Uh, In 1836, James Madison, the fourth president of the United States, died at the age of 85. He was 85 that long ago? Yeah. He was 85. That's that's like 200 (laughs) now. (laughs) Given current inflation rates. (laughs) Nobody lived to be 85 back then. Today... In 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated. Kicking off World War I. World War I. <laughs> That's a uh, big one. He was assassinated before going on to have a one-hit wonder in 2004. <laughs> and in non-human news, <laughs> in 1954, Red Deer, the oldest known deer who lived in the Milwaukee Zoo, died at the age of 26. Since we're talking about the Algonquin people, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is oh. Algonquin huh. for the good land. Nice. Miliwake. I'm sorry. Mi- I'm mi- s- Miliwake. Miliwake. I'm sorry. I'm like still it. stuck on in non-human news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got I to gotta differentiate because, you know, somebody could be named Red Deer. Well, you know. When in Rome. Or Those are my death days Milly for Wonka. today, guys. I think that about wraps it up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Join us next week when we interview Sheila from accounting and demand answers as to why the hell she threw my sandwich out of the break fridge when she knew I had put it in there that morning. Next week on the Underground Files. Because it was taking a broom for her salad. <gasps> I'm sorry I ate your sandwich, Katie. <laughs> I'll go now. You've been listening to AU Radio Underground Files. Music is provided by Cubby, PurplePlanet.com, and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved.
If you'd like to contact the show, follow us on Twitter at AU underscore radio, Facebook at AU Radio Podcast, Instagram at AU.radio, or you can email the show at podcast at advunderground.com. You can also support this show and all the shows on AU Radio by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Network. Find us on Patreon as AU Radio at Adventures Underground. You can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.